Presentation Skills for Design Students, Episode 36. Are you a design student or graduate who wants to succeed in the professional world? If so, keep listening. You are about to discover how to get noticed, land your dream job, and have an unfathomably successful career. It's all about being able to speak, present, and communicate like a boss. So let's get to it. Hallo aus Berlin. Ich ein Schwanzasche gegessen. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast, Design Peeps. I'm your host, Christina Cantors, and my German is terrible. It's pretty bad, yeah? I'll give you the translation to that phrase at the end of the episode. Now, I've spent the last three and a bit weeks in Berlin, and even though it's been really fun, I am really excited to be heading back to America very soon because I will be visiting Texas for the very first time. Yes, I am going to the Podcast Movement Conference in Dallas, and I'm actually speaking on a panel there with four other podcasters, which is going to be really fun. I, I can't wait. Now, before we get into this week's topic, I just want to give a quick shout out to listener Pamela from wifemotherrunner.com. She learned a lot about procrastination in episode 30 with Hugh Culver, and she actually wrote a blog post about it. So thank you very much, Pamela. I'm, I'm really glad you're enjoying the show and thank you for sharing your takeaways on your blog. Okay, let's get into this week's topic. You know how a couple of episodes ago I was talking about small companies with Nick Gray of Museum Hack? Well, today I'm switching it up and I'm chatting with Anthony Fasano of engineeringcareercoach.com about how to succeed in a big company. Anthony learned and practiced communication skills, which helped him become a partner of his civil engineering company at 27 years of age. So keep listening to find out how he did it. Hi everyone, today I'm very excited to be joined by the engineering career coach himself, Mr. Anthony Fasano. Anthony is a speaker, author and podcast host who helps engineers achieve remarkable success in their careers. Now he does this through his podcast, his books and his training courses at engineeringcareercoach.com. As a successful engineer himself, he knows how important communication, networking and leadership skills are if you want to advance in a large company, which is what we'll be talking about today. Anthony, thank you so much for joining me today and welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to spending a few minutes with you. Now, Anthony, I'm curious, can you, can you tell me how you got your very first engineering job as a new graduate? Sure. It all goes back to really who you know, which I think, you know, we talk about all the time. But when I was in high school, actually, a friend of mine, his father happened to be a civil engineer. And I was just looking for summer work at that point in high school. And I asked him if his father would, you know, have a high school student come in at all. And he actually did. He had me come in, work for him for the summer as a field person doing some survey work in the field. And I actually stayed on with him. It was a small firm, like five people or less. I stayed on with him all through college. And I was kind of getting worried because that small of a firm, 
they can't usually support like continuing education, like going for your master's degree. And, and it was, there was only a few disciplines and I wasn't sure if that was the exact discipline I wanted. But right when I was about to graduate college, the small company was bought out by more of a mid-sized, larger firm. And I ended up staying with them for, you know, pretty much my whole engineering career. Um, and that's where I was able to move up and, and, and develop. So really it comes down to the people you know and the relationships that you can leverage. But, but even though I had the connection in high school, even when I was leaving um, college, I still had offers from a bunch of other companies. And I think a big part of it was my computer skills you know, like AutoCAD and other types of programs. I had really practiced those in my internships and at school. And that was something that was, that came up a lot in my interviews and that, that I think was helpful for me. So how were they approaching you? How did they find you, those other companies? We had a career fair at our school. It was just for civil engineering, actually. And I went to a bunch of the companies that I liked I gave them my information, I gave them my resume, I talked to them a bit, and then they reached out to me just from that, basically, because they liked what I had to offer. Wow, that's pretty cool. I'm, I think there's a lot of graduates who would love to be in that position to have people be, uh, reach out to them. Now, how many people were in the large company that you ended up working for? Well, the company that I worked for, it's much larger now because they've expanded. But at the time, it was more of like, I would say, a mid-size for engineering. It was close to 300 people. Um, but, you know, there's still there were still a lot of different offices, a lot of different departments, and a lot of different kind of channels you had to go through for different developments. So, um, so it was, I guess, from being a younger engineer, it seemed like a real big company to me. Yeah, well, to me, that's a huge company. I mean, the architecture firm that I worked for that had about 120 people and to me that I mean in the architecture world anyway that's quite a, a lot of people for one office. Now following on from that Anthony I, I like to ask my interviewees about the two things and it's based on the idea that any topic or subject can be distilled down into just two things and anything else is either an application of those two things or it's just not important. So one example that I found online is, and you may agree or disagree with this, but the two things about civil engineering. Number one, dirt plus water equals mud. And number two, you can't push a rope. So <laughs> what I wanted to ask you, Anthony, is what would be your two things about working for a large company? Okay, let me think. I thought you were going to say water flows downhill as one of them. But, that, could be, um, that could be another thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the two biggest things about working for a big company or, or as far as your development goes, I think one is that you have to take advantage of any opportunities that come to you because opportunities come to you in a lot of different packages and you have to be able to recognize it and take advantage of it. And, and, one, and I'll give you an example when I was working at this company, it was actually the president, the CEO of the company called about eight or 10 engineers in the company. And I was one of them and said at the time, you know, the lead, whole lead accreditation was a new thing. Uh, well, it wasn't that new. It was a couple of years old. And, and he was saying, you know, we're kind of behind on this and we need to have people accredited. So I want you to get accredited. And as soon as I heard that, you know, coming from the, pre you know, the president of the company from the main office called my desk. So I basically started studying right away. I put together a whole study program and I passed it within just a couple of months. 
and basically of all the other people, I think one other person passed it within a few months. Another person took a year. I think a couple people never passed it. So basically for me, you know, it's things like that where now the president or, you know, a lot of the leaders say, you know, this person is, you know, doing what we need him to do. He's putting a, a good reputation for our company. Um, so that was a huge thing, but that's just an example. You know, there's different things that pop up where you can either say, you know, this is a big deal and an opportunity. Or you could just be like, oh, you know, whatever, I'll study, I'll take the exam. So I think that that's one thing that I would say you can simplify it to. And I think the second thing as far as advancing within the company is relationships. And you have to get to know people in the company. I mean, in our company, there was like six or seven offices at the time. So I made sure that I went to, you know, company functions and I got to talk to other people whenever there was seminars or opportunities to go to the other offices. I would try to do that and interact with people. And it made my job a lot easier because in civil engineering, there's a lot of different disciplines. So when I need to work with another department, oftentimes it was in another office. So if I knew somebody there, they were more responsive to me. The project would move along quicker. My clients would then be happier. So I think if you boiled it down to two things, it would be taking advantage of the opportunities that come to you and then building strong relationships throughout the company in different aspects, different departments throughout. Right. Can we just go a little deeper into the relationships side of it? Is this, because I know that you, one thing that you coach people with is on networking. And I, I get that, I think that like when people talk about networking, it's often referring to networking with new people or, or to companies when you're looking for a job. But what you're talking about in building relationships, this is like networking within your company. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean for me, and networking I have is one of the key, um, key factors of succeeding in my book, Engineer Your Own Success. I talk about it all the time. And in my book, the first thing I say in the chapter is I define networking as two things, building relationships. And I think that's important because I know that in the engineering industry, in the building industry, people think that if you go to a conference and you collect business cards that you're doing networking. But that's that's not what networking is. Networking is the relationships you build after an initial contact, whether it's someone in your company or outside of your company. I just like to boil it down to building relationships because if you do that throughout your company, you do that in your community, you do that with clients and outside of your company, your whole career is going to be much more enjoyable and there'll be a lot more opportunities and different avenues that you can go down. So, so yeah, I don't, I don't really, when I say networking, I don't really limit it to one place or the other. I just I think of it as building relationships. And in this case, obviously, it would be within the company for what we're talking about. So what about if you're in a big company and, you know, what are some other ways that you can build relationships with people, say, outside your project team and apart from going to events and things like that? Well, one good way to do it is to look for company-wide programs that are available. One of the best ways would be a mentoring program. I know the company that I worked for had an excellent mentoring program where they would basically match you up with another person in the company that they think would be a good fit for you. So if you're a younger architect or engineer, they would look for someone who maybe is 10, 15 years older that is kind of taking the path that you want to take and you'd meet up with them once a month for lunch or you'd go to their office, you'd meet up, you try to do it in person. And that was an excellent way to get to know some people within the firm, not just the person that was mentoring you, but oftentimes they might have an event where they got all the mentors together and did something. So that's definitely a good way to uh, to get together with people when you do things like that. The other thing that you can do is you can volunteer uh, to work on 
you know, different kinds of projects. You know, I know like for me, for example, I would always tell them, you know, I'm looking to learn this, this kind of thing. Even if we don't have it in this office, I'm willing to travel or, or try to learn from someone else. So oftentimes, even though it might have required a little travel, I got to work with a different co- uh, department doing something that was a little bit different. And I felt that that was very helpful for me. Okay. So just speaking up and asking for stuff. Yeah, asking for different things, asking for more responsibilities or if you, if there's something you want to work on, but it's not necessarily in your office, just say, you know, I'd love to learn from another office and maybe, you know, do some of this kind of work. Okay. Yeah, I found that that was similar, uh, you know, the same thing in in the architecture firm that I worked for. I, you know, I was given opportunities to do training and to work on particular projects, but only because I asked for them. And some people would say to me, oh, how did you get that? And I'm like, well, I just asked for it. Like, it's not, you know, all you have to do is ask really because sometimes they don't actually think of these things because, yeah, in a large company, it is quite easy to sort of get overlooked because everyone's just so busy with, you know, looking at the the big stuff. They, you know, can tend to forget about those, those sorts of things. Now, Anthony, a big part of what you teach and coach people with is communication skills and, and leadership and things like that. Tell me about the time that it occurred to you that you needed these skills in order to have a successful career. Well, what happened for me is when I started off as a young civil engineer, regardless of what discipline you're in or even an architect, it's a big industry. And when you start off as a young professional, it can be very overwhelming. And for me, it was... And I kind of got down and I was kind of depressed a bit. And I decided, you know what? The only way for me to be successful in this industry is to talk to other engineers that are successful, learn what they've done, and then, you know, try to do it myself. And so I did that. So I talked to a bunch of successful engineers and I realized that they all had one thing in common. While they were all very technically sound, they also were very well-rounded. They had good communication skills. You know, everyone knew them. They could network. They were leaders in the industry or in professional associations. People knew them. So it was kind of at that point that I realized that if I wanted to succeed, then I had to develop those skills as well. You know, I'm a big Tony Robbins fan. I've always been one. He always says, you know, if you want to do something, you find someone that's done it and, you know, figure out what they did. And so that's kind of what I did. And and luckily for me, it was young enough in my career that I was able to start young and start building these skills. So why were you feeling sort of down early on in your career? Yeah, I mean, the engineering industry, especially in civil, there's about 100 different disciplines. And in school, they don't really teach you. They teach you all the basics and all the calculations. And they inform you a little bit about some of the different major disciplines. But still, when you start, you don't know what you want to do. Like, I ended up doing work on uh, residential and commercial sites. But I didn't even know about that in college. There was no class on that. So it was kind of the idea of what do I do now? I had some of those feelings. I didn't know, you know, who I could trust or ask questions. You know, I didn't feel comfortable. Just, I mean, I just started at this company. Even though I worked there in the summers, the bigger company had bought the company. So there was a lot of new faces and it was a little bit discouraging. So, you know, I think it's just, it's typical fear that a lot of people face when you start a new job and go into a new industry. But when it all happens at the same time, it can be pretty overwhelming. So how did you find that people responded to you when you reached out to them? Most people were helpful when they tried to be helpful, um, but I really realized that in order for you to, you know, in order for me to do what I wanted to do in developing these skills, I really need to take things into my own hands because certainly people can mentor you, and I highly recommend getting a mentor. But if you want to 
develop some of the skills that I know you talk about on your podcast, speaking and communicating. You need to read books. You need to go to join like a Toastmasters group. You need to get out there and do it. Um, so people were helpful, but really ultimately it was up to me. And, and it's kind of sounds funny, but that's the reason that I, I named my book Engineering Your Own Success because that, that's a big thing that kept coming back to me throughout my whole career. It's like, you've got to do it. Mm-hmm. So you joined Toastmasters? I did all kinds of things. When I was younger, I watched a lot of videos. I read a lot of books. I didn't really know about Toastmasters until actually I got a little bit older. And then I did join Toastmasters and I went through that program. I read some Dale Carnegie books and you know worked on some of his processes. So it was a lot of self-work when I was younger because I didn't have a lot of money to go and get training probably that I could have gotten. But So I tried to leverage everything that I could in, in kind of books and, and videos and stuff like that. And once you started applying these skills to your work, what happened? There was just dramatic changes and improvements. I mean, I really skyrocketed through the organization. I became a partner when I was 27 years old there, which was wow. pretty much the youngest the youngest uh, associate partner at that company. And, you know, it was, was, wasn't an owner level, but it was close and it was, it was showing a lot of improvement. Uh, for what I did. And it was all because of the communicating, the ability to network and and, under, and know the different people in the company and, you know, be a leader. You know, I, I volunteered for different things. I got out there and led. But there's no way I would have been able to do any of that stuff if I didn't have the confidence and the skills um, to get out there and do it. And really the communication, which I know you focus on so much, is what helped me to get a lot of confidence. Because once you start communicating effectively and you know you can do that, then it's like, you know, you want to do it more because, you know, you're comfortable and you're confident because that's the one thing that younger design professionals lack a lot of confidence. You know, I've worked with a lot of younger uh, design professionals from a career coaching standpoint, and the biggest challenge is lack of confidence. And, and all these skills really helped me, and that's, I think that's what gave me a real big boost in my career. Mm. So when did you start helping other people with these skills? So about five years ago or so, right around when I had gotten that promotion or a little bit afterwards, my company actually approached me first and they, they recognized some of my abilities to advance and do some of these things that you and I are speaking about. So they asked if I could put together a seminar and give it at all the offices to all the other engineers. So I sat down, I sketched something out, which actually eventually turned into being the framework for my book. But I started giving this seminar. I got a really good response. Then I decided to go to coaching school to become a certified corporate coach so I could work with people one-on-one. And then we put together a whole coaching program inside of the company that was going really well. And then after that, I just started doing some talks at the local chapter associations and I was getting such good feedback. I kind of put everything together and then went out and did my own coaching, speaking, training company, just took a leap and went for it in 2010. So it was a kind of a bunch of steps that led up to it, but really it was understanding that this was something that I really enjoyed developing my skills. And I recognized that there were so many engineers that were challenged with this in my company alone, that there must have been thousands and thousands of engineers out there. Even the really senior engineers, the really experienced ones? Yeah, I mean, I've worked with engineers at every age level, every experience level, because every, I mean, every professional has some type of challenge that they work with. And, you know, 
especially experienced engineers, architects, they have a lot of challenges with managing delegation. And a lot of that stems back to communication as well. So it really works regardless of where you're at in your career. These skills are absolutely critical. How do you deal with an architect who doesn't really understand how structure works? <laughs> well, I think, it, I think there's, you know, it's obviously somewhat case specific, but I think it comes down to communication again and setting expectations in the relationship and not taking anything for granted. I mean, I think that happens a lot in the design industry where people assume that people understand a concept or a material or something. And I think that to be effective, you need to get everybody that's on the project together. You got to lay everything out and you got to just communicate effectively. You know, you can't assume anything. Um, you can't cut corners. Don't get mad at you the can't... architect. It's not our fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe it is our fault, but <laughs> well, I don't know. If, gotta, I don't know if that's going to happen. Easy but... <laughs> but really, it's communication. I mean, it sort of comes down to everyone's trying to make the project work in the long run. It's just a matter of keeping everybody on the same page. Yeah. All right. I know. Look, I know that um, a lot of and like civil engineers would just despise architects for just not understanding that no you can't push a rope and no you can't have a staircase that leads to nowhere it just isn't going to work <laughs> um anyway look, we're, we're coming to the end of the interview anthony i've just got one last question for you if someone has just started working at a large company and they are just feeling overwhelmed as you did and they want to move up, but they're just not sure where to start. What is the first step that they can take towards really stepping it up at work and, and getting noticed? I think the first step, which I always recommend taking, is to think about what their goals are in their career, in that company, you know, where they want to be, and lay out that framework, lay it out on paper. Even if they're not super specific, because obviously when you're just starting, your goals may not be as crystal clear as you'd like. But if you get something on paper, then you can understand where you need to go for help. So if your goal is, you know, you want to be a project manager or department manager, then you can go to the department manager or project manager and, and say, can you help me? Can you mentor me? I have questions for you. You know, if your goal is to work on a certain type of project, you know, stadiums or something, then you can you know, put together a group of people or um, association that you might join or somewhere to help you to get that kind of information. And I think that's the biggest thing because I think a lot of younger professionals just go in circles for a while and they're not sure where to go because they have like no vision at all for their career. Um, so I think that you need to set some type of goals, even if they're very general in the beginning, and that will help you to kind of chart your path. Yeah. It's like having a boat that has no um, captain steering it. You want to be in charge of, you know, your boat and point it in the right direction and know where you're going. I think that's, I think that's yeah, just true exactly. with everything in life, really, isn't it? You got to have, you got to know where you're going, otherwise you will end up going around in circles and and crashing into uh, an iceberg or something. Yeah, and an another analogy I used to make it real simple for people is that just imagine if you're driving in a car and. You know, if you, if you know where you're going, you have an address, it's easier, you could find your way there. But if you don't know where you're going, you're just going to keep driving. So in your career, you want to try to understand what those destination points are, um, and that'll help you to figure out the steps you need to take to get there. Oh, that's perfect. That's much more eloquently put than, <laughs> than my <laughs> poor attempt. That's perfect advice. Thank you so much, Anthony, and thank you for giving so generously of your time today. Can you, can you just tell us where we can find you and your podcast online? Sure. The best place to go is engineeringcareercoach.com. 
I have a blog that has hundreds of articles focused on career development that are applicable to all kinds of design professionals. And also there's a podcast tab on there where you can find the engineering career coach podcast where I do a show every other week and I focus on communication skills, career development, networking, leadership for uh, design professionals. Awesome. Everyone, make sure you go check that out. Thanks again, Anthony, and you take care. All right. Thanks, Christine. Thanks again to Anthony Fasano from engineeringcareercoach.com. You can find links to his website and everything that we spoke about in the show notes at designdrillspeak.com slash 036. Now, Anthony is such an excellent example of someone who actively went out and learned how to become a better communicator. And look at the success he had. Like he mentioned, yes, you may have mentors and great opportunities provided by your workplace, but to really be successful, you need to learn communication skills. And this is something that you often have to do yourself. Is it easy? No. It takes work. Of course it takes work. But I mean, if it were easy, everyone would be doing it. Just some food for thought. Oh, speaking of food, you know that German phrase I said at the start? Like, terribly? Ich ein gegessen. It means, I ate a pork knuckle. Which is true. And it was delicious. Okay, your challenge this week. Eat a pork knuckle. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Your challenge is to write down what your career goal is, just like Anthony mentioned. Now, this doesn't matter if you're, it doesn't matter if you're still studying or working. I want you to write it down. Do you want to work on a certain type of project or do you want to work for a certain type of firm? It doesn't matter what it is, write it down. Now, when I graduated, I didn't really know exactly what type of work I wanted to do, but I did know that I wanted to get registered as an architect. So that was my goal. And why is it important to have a goal? Like Anthony said, it will give you something to work towards and it will help you to then find the right people to ask and mentor you and help you to, to reach that goal. So, for example, I approached my project architect and I told him that I wanted to get registered and he made sure that I worked on projects that would give me the necessary experience in order to achieve that. So if I didn't have that goal and if I didn't make that goal known to the decision makers in the company, I would have never fulfilled it. So create that goal and write that shit down. Okay, and that's it from me this week. Oh, just one last thing. If you love this podcast and want to support the show, please donate. I have a warm fuzziness guarantee on every donation I receive. And there are different levels of fuzziness, so check it out at designdrawspeak.com slash support. I would love you forever. Thanks again for spending some time with me today. Keep on being awesome, and I will see you next week for another episode. My name's Christina Cantors, and this has been Presentation Skills for Design Students, helping you become a confident, creative communicator. Music